How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio, another episode Hot Takes with TP3. Today is uh, June 11th. It's a Monday. We got Kobe in the studio with us once again. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? Good to be back. Let's get to it. Sounds good. So obviously, guys, NBA Finals finally ended. This is a series that I picked, the Warriors in, in uh, four. He had, what did you have? Warriors? I had Warriors in five. The gentleman's sweep. I mean, <laughs> probably should have won game one. It got stolen from LeBron, but I mean, we'll start with that right there. Did LeBron's hand in that everything that happened in game one cost in the finals I'm going to say absolutely it did I mean LeBron's not the kind to make excuses like that he's a man he doesn't make excuses he accepts loss and it is what it is but I mean realistically that is what cost him the game LeBron felt like the NBA robbed him of this victory when they changed that charge block call which I agree with him as I think it although I do think it was a blocking foul but I don't think you can change it in the way that they did which is why that I think that it is what it is and then also I mean he had the timeout he thought they had we all saw him over there on the bench and then his little freak out with JR. So I think all those things added up and made LeBron punch the whiteboard. And I really think that's what cost him the series. If you look at it, he absolutely went off. We all know he had 51 points game one on 19 of 32 shooting. That's 59.4% uh, after that. He was 10 of 20 for 50%, then 13 of 28 for 46%. Then, I mean, he was 7 for 13, which means his field goal percentage go back up to 50. But, I mean, that's not really that good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, game one definitely changed the dynamic of the series. I don't think that the Cavs would have won the series, but I do think it would have been a little bit different. I think they might have had some more confidence going back at, at home, and Cleveland could have won one at home. And it would have been an interesting series, but game one definitely was taken from LeBron with the, all the calls. It wasn't just that call in the fourth. There were other calls that you know kind of got to him that he did not agree with. Um, and, yeah, I just think that that kind of like mentality – changed or his their, the team's mentality changed after that first game against the Warriors yeah no I definitely agree with you on that I feel like they felt kind of robbed and they was just kind of like they just kept getting swept under and I kind of knew that was going to happen in game three like I said where I felt like game game three would be the game where they gave them their heart their biggest shot and their mm -hmm. best shot to win they did in game one two and then they just kind of rolled over in game four once the Warriors went on a huge run to go up by like 15 points they just kind of rolled over and packed it in which I can't blame them I would be pretty disappointed too with the way everything went for him I mean LeBron just didn't even look like himself after that. He looked like he was trying to force his teammates to pass them the ball a lot. We saw his assists go up almost every single game. I mean, he was in those games after that he pretty much had a double a double or a triple double except for game seven I'm, I mean game four game four doesn't even really count to me just because they got blown out so bad but his field goal percentage dropped substantially on shots outside of the paint as well I mean game three he did hit three threes and after that he only hit two and then one so we just watched it all go down it's actually one out of six in game uh, three so I mean he was not shooting the three ball at well at all after that but I mean even we could see in that picture they zoomed in on his two hands mm -hmm. one of his hands looked way more swollen I mean I'm not saying the Cavs would have won this series had LeBron hand would have been all there, but I definitely think that it was a huge factor. Yeah, after game one, I thought it was interesting how LeBron, you know, kind of started dishing to his teammates more, you know, and I think he realized after the first game, after he had 51, that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to beat the Warriors by himself and, you know, the refs too, and he had to get his other players involved, and he knew that the only way he was going to beat them was if his surrounding cast helped but um, yeah, the hand hand situation definitely did not help at all. He, his numbers definitely did go down over the next couple games, and I think him punching that whiteboard and getting so upset, you know, kind of 
brought the team's morale down a little bit as well. And, you know, everybody was kind of just like freaking out. You know, they weren't, they just weren't prepared, you know, to, for all that to happen in game one. And that kind of just took over the rest of the series and the Warriors had all momentum from there. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. I feel like seeing their leader down like that Mm -hmm. and stuff definitely kind of ended everything and whatnot. But I mean, it is what it is. Cavs lost. I think LeBron's out of there, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. But now let's talk a little finals MVP here. Should it have been Steph or KD? I mean, I definitely think that it should have been Steph Curry. Steph in the first, uh, in every game, pretty much game game, uh, three was the game where he completely flopped. Steph played awful in that game. Game. He had a 29 and 9 in a game one, 33 and 8 in game two, and 37 and a 4 in game four. If you look at KD, he was 8 for 22 for 26 in game one, 10 for 14 for 26 in game two. He had 43 in game three and then 20 in a triple double. I mean, if you look at it, Steph's putting up higher numbers, but I mean, I will say this KD did play well throughout the beginning of game, of game two, but Steph kind of took over and helped them pull away. I mean, also, Steph had over five. Five threes in every game, but game and but game three, and even in game three where he didn't play well, he hit the big go ahead three that mm-hmm. kind of helped them pull away. He had those five points where we were finally like, wow, Steph got the big buckets when they needed them. That was huge for them. He also broke the finals record with nine threes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's absolutely huge, and I just feel like that he proved that he's more valuable to this team. We watched him struggle a lot in that Houston series, and the Warriors lost a lot of those games except mm-hmm. for game one where he struggled. And then when he played well, they blew Houston out, or they played just beat Houston straight up. So I definitely think that had a lot. To do with it, and I think Steph was the more important player and deserved this Finals MVP. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that. I think we've kind of talked about this before, but you know, I we we kind of see when Steph plays better, the Warriors play better, and you know, KD can have a heck of a game like he did in Game Three, have 43 points and 13 rebounds, but you know, they they barely beat the Cavs that game. And the games where Steph was going off, you know, they're beating them by the what Game Four they beat them by 23, I think. Yeah, Game Two as game, well, they blew game out. Two, they beat them pretty bad. So every time you know we see. Steph go off we kind of see the Warriors play better as a whole and I just think that that shows that he's a more valuable player to the team which you know is my terms of MVP for you know the finals and I thought he had a better series overall Game three kind of, you know, kind of was a fluke. He had a terrible game, but he did, like you said, hit that big three to put him up. And if you're going to hit one, you know, you got to hit the big one. And then just game game two, just with the nine threes, you know, that behind the back, you know, where he kind of had the ball kick off his leg and he yeah. shot that high arcing shot over Kevin Love, which was just ridiculous. And he was just having fun out there. And I really liked what I saw from him. And I think this was his closest shot for him to get finals MVP out of the last, you know, three out of the last four years that they've won. And and I think this year should have been his year, but not taking anything away from KD, I still think he had a great series. I just think Steph was more deserving. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, Iguodala and him, it could have gone either way, but they kind of chose Iguodala. Why? I'm not 100% sure, but mm-hmm. I definitely think those are his two best shots. I mean, you told you said it earlier, there's that video where that you can see of KD holding it up and Steph just kind of has like that look the on his face. Steph just looked like he was mm-hmm. not happy about not winning. <laughs> yeah, I think that honestly, like I think that even though Steph may never admit to it, I think there is a little animosity and a little bit of a uh, like just just like a little bit of um like a, a riff or, mm-hmm. or like a little raft between little them beef. yeah a little beef between them two over that I think Steph's definitely a little salty about not getting that Finals mm-hmm. MVP because I think that more importantly it hurts Steph's legacy that he can't get a Finals MVP because everyone's gonna look back the people who didn't watch these games closely and didn't watch these seasons closely and be like Steph Curry won two regular season MVPs he won three NBA Finals in four years but he has no Finals MVPs mm-hmm. so they're gonna keep saying that he doesn't show up in big games and I feel like that was the big knock on Steph as he had struggled in big games like we watched him struggle mightily in that series when Cleveland came back and beat him and even sometimes last year in the postseason Mm -hmm. but 
he really stepped up and stepped up to the challenge in this series, which I thought was really good for Steph. So I felt like he just deserved it for that reason because he kind of got over something that had been hurting him in his past in his game. But I definitely think this dynasty is going to stick together, which we'll get to here in a minute. But I feel like that that definitely is going to create a little bit of a of a beef between Steph and uh, Katie, which I think could lead to Katie moving on from the Warriors here soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could see that too. I could see how Steph, you know, was not too happy about it, but. I think I do think they love and enjoy playing with each other. I know that KD said that he did plan on staying with the Warriors, so we'll see what happens there. But I did like what I saw from Steph compared to years past. He did he look a lot more loose out there during the big games and the big moments. He's making big shots, and you know people have been knocking him for that, like you like you were saying. And he just he really shut up this finals, and I was I was very pleased with what I saw from him. All right, so like I was just talking about a second ago, this Warriors dynasty, I mean, a lot of people are arguing saying it's too soon for it to be a dynasty. Personally, I'm taking the side of this team is a big dynasty. I think the Warriors definitely are a dynasty. I mean, all their major players are under 30, so we know this team has time to keep on running. I mean, KD said he's going to opt out of his contract, but he will resign. I think that KD will stay there for the next. I think they'll get the three-peat. And then he might move on after that, or he might stay for one more, but I don't see KD there in three years from now. So I think his time there is limited. But, I mean, even without KD, there's still a dynasty. There's, this team went to the finals twice without him, and they won one of those against Cleveland. I mean, they've been in three. They played in the last four finals. They've won three of them. This team has a 79.8% winning percentage. That's including the playoffs and the regular season. I mean, we watched them set the best record for an NBA win-loss season, breaking that record the Bulls had back a couple years ago. Yeah, they lost in the finals, but, I mean, that team was absolutely amazing. They lost, mm-hmm. They lost. I think it was, what, was it nine or ten games that season? I can't mm-hmm. remember, but it was, it was nine. Yeah, it was nine games. I mean, that team was amazing. I, I really think, though, the biggest thing that makes this team a dynasty to me is they changed the style of play in basketball. You watch guys like Bogut and Iguodala, who were getting paid the big bucks on this team, be told by Steve Kerr, who comes in, that they're going to the bench. And, I mean, they accepted that. I mean, this team plays unselfishly. Like they said, they like to move the ball 300 times a game. They started shooting the three-point shot like we've never seen before. That ball movement and three-point shot they added in there kind of changed basketball, and they really made the big man obsolete and kind of like a player that you're not going to pay a max contract to and a guy that you don't even want on the, out on the floor sometimes for more than 26 minutes. But they also do a good job of if teams are going small on them of throwing one of their big men back in there and making the big, big man use again. I mean – Steve Kerr's just a basketball genius with everything he's done. Like I said, he moved an all-star to the bench and a guy who made third-team All-NBA. I mean, everything they do, they hit wide-open shots like no team I've ever seen before. They actually, over this court, over this run they've made, have hit the highest percentage of wide-open and contested shots. I mean, they're just a great shooting team, and they know how to take advantage of their strengths. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, to say that this team's not a dynasty is... I think it's stupid to say. I mean, they have two MVPs. They have a guy in Clay who, you know, could probably carry any other team out there if he wanted to. He's been an all-star a few times. Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year, guy who, you know, he doesn't score all that much, but, you know, he does what he does. He plays his role and does what he does, like, needs to do for the team to win. And they have a guy, a Finals MVP in Iguodala. I mean, they just, the list goes on and on for them. They have a great bench, and not to mention one of, in my opinion, the best coaches to 
ever coach. I mean, he's only been coaching for what, how long now? Like a couple years? Four years. Couple, yeah. yeah, four years. And the, the way they play is just so it's so interesting to me because they don't play like any other NBA teams. They're, you know, they have all these superstars and all-stars, but they they move the ball so well. They play so well together. And, you know, when they don't play iso ball like most of these other NBA teams and the Rockets and like even the Cavs sometimes. So I just think it's really cool to what we're witnessing right now. I think we're witnessing greatness. So, I mean, I would say yes, for sure, that this team is a dynasty and they're going to continue to, you know, run over the league until this team's brought apart. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I mean, even if they lost KD, I think they could still definitely mm-hmm. run it, like I was saying earlier. I mean, the thing I think that makes them so good is the fact they got Kevin Durant and Draymond Green out there who get the rebounds on the defensive end, and then mm-hmm. they push it up there as the point fours, and you got guys who are absolutely lights out on three point yeah. from the three-point line with KD and Steph, and I mean, they even do it with Iguodala. I mean, Sean Livingston even does it too. I mean, they just everybody on the court can pass, so when they don't have these big men on the floor, all they do is pass the ball around. They move it so well, and I mean, you give any of those guys an inch of space, and they're going to hit it. I think Clay Thompson's probably Probably the best number two option in the mm-hmm. NBA you could possibly have and I just think that's what makes them so good is they have all these guys and nobody's ego they all put their egos aside and they just want to win more than that I mean I think we'll watch Clay Thompson turn down money here in the offseason and stay Clay Thompson comes from money so I don't think he values it as highly as some of these other guys do who come from nothing like a Kevin Durant mm-hmm. or I mean even like a DeMarcus Cousins or I mean just guys like that who don't come from a lot of money they value it so mm-hmm. much more so they need their money but a guy like Thompson I mean he comes from it so I just think this team has this unselfish style of play I mean yeah I think KD will be the one to leave them. I think Thompson and Curry will stick together. I mean, I just think it's such a good thing. Why would they ever break it up with each other? Mm-hmm. There was talks where they were going to trade Clay Thompson. I remember for Kevin Love back before that uh, Steve Kerr came in and took the team over. And it was just always, it's just such a good pairing. Why would you ever break that up? The Splash Brothers. So mm-hmm. I just think that this team's just one of those teams of the generations. They pretty much dominated this stretch of basketball we've been watching. And I think they'll keep dominating for the next five, probably five, six years, mm-hmm. honestly, unless Curry's ankles end up becoming something real bad that he yeah. can't play with yeah for sure I mean they should continue dominance over the next couple years but I was liking what you said earlier about how they were they were a dynasty before KD even got there and then you add someone like KD to that team and it it just the sky's the limit and it is like we were saying it's really cool to see how they you know how well they play together and you know how good they are together but I do think that they're going to run it over the next couple years and probably stick together because they seem like they're having fun they seem like they love playing with each other i know really there hasn't they've had haven't had any beef like you see with other uh other teams in years past like you know how kobe bryant and dwight howard had beef with the lakers and i don't see that happening with this team you know they love draymond green i I know a lot of people that hate draymond green because of how he plays and how he is on the court but they seem to all like you know just mesh so well together and they just Except how each other play, and I just I really enjoy seeing it. Yeah, I think Draymond's honestly one of the most key players. He doesn't mm-hmm. get a lot of credit. He takes all the negative heat and all the negative blame and stuff, and he just loves it. He thrives off it. He yeah. gets fired up. Um, <clears throat> the NBA is very generous with him too, with his technical yeah, fouls. Like you sure. notice, like I saw a bunch of tweets when he got that first technical and game three. They're like, all right, now that Draymond is one technical, he can do whatever he wants and say whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And I mean, anytime you see Steph or somebody get knocked down, it's not they might bark at the player or whatever, but you don't see them going in. And do something about it it's Draymond he goes yeah. and does something about it Draymond's the protector of this team and he plays a big of a role I think all four of those guys play extremely big roles in this team and like it, I agree with you completely this team will have a couple more years to come we'll be watching 30 for 30s mm-hmm. on this team yeah. it's the kind of team you'll be telling your kids about like man you should have seen the Warriors play back in the day 
All right, so all this Warriors talk and LeBron being mad in Cleveland and stuff, y'all know the big thing. One know LeBron can hit the free agent market if he chooses to this summer. It's the big question. Where is LeBron going in? Personally, I think he's coming to Atlanta. I think the Hawks really – no, I'm completely kidding. There's no shot LeBron comes to Atlanta. We're years away from being a winning team. But, I mean, where are you thinking he goes? Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know where he's going to go, but I think he needs to stay in Cleveland. I think, you know, I am – always kind of been a guy who doesn't agree with the ring chasing. Uh, we've seen KD do it. He did it from he lost, you know, to the Warriors after he had a 3-1 lead up on them and then he kind of joined the team he lost and I just didn't really like that move of him going to the Warriors. I love KD and I'm one of his fans, but you know what we've seen in the NBA in the last two years with KD on the Warriors has kind of been, you know, an uninteresting playoff run from, you know, for the Warriors because, you know, everyone kind of knows that they're going to, you know, run through LeBron in the finals and this year was more interesting, you know, because they played the Rock and like teams are, are getting better on the western side of the of the league, but I just did not like how KD moved, and I really would like to see LeBron stay in Cleveland. He kind of you know he kind of came back to Cleveland. He got a ring, like he promised the city he was gonna get a ring and stay there. And I just think him leaving again honestly kind of hurts his legacy, and that's my take on it. See, before I get to where I think he should go, I can agree with you that it definitely hurts like the league in a way mm-hmm. with teams building these super teams. But I think this is the league we've moved to. Towards the building super teams. I feel like realistically, LeBron's the only player who's been able to kind of do it by himself. And we've watched him get swept by himself now, basically twice, where he's really had no number two option. I mean, Kevin Love was a better number two option than he had the first time mm-hmm. when he lost swept by the Spurs. But I just feel like that the way that what Kevin Durant did, I mean, I don't personally bash Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks for watching basketball and stuff because, I mean, the Warriors dominate everybody night in and night out, even though they didn't really do it as much this regular season. But we saw how invaluable the regular season was to the Warriors this year and how that they could still dominate without doing well in the regular season. But I really think you have to do what's best for yourself, especially with LeBron. You're getting older. You don't have a lot of years left. I mean, LeBron's even said it himself that he would be willing to go to Houston to play with Harden and Paul, and he wants to learn or he wants to move more off the ball and spot up and shoot more. He said he's going to work on stuff like that and just pass rather than be the ball-dominant guy and take a lot of heavy minutes on his body. So I think LeBron realistically needs to go somewhere else for that reason being that he can't really have the ball in his hands and be going 100 every single possession. You know, it takes a big toll on his body. He wants to be the guy who's going to lock people up on defense, cut without the ball, pop out and hit threes. I mean, he's been shooting the three-point ball better and better every single year, which makes me think he can keep playing, and it'll ultimately prolong his career and I think make him a better player in general just to show that LeBron could do everything he needs to. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that he's not going to step down and not be the alpha of the team still, but he just doesn't want the ball in his hands 24-7. I think that's better for his brand and for him, but on top of that, I think it's better for basketball to see LeBron go somewhere where he can compete rather than somewhere where he's just kind of chilling. I think that we need these super teams to keep building. I mean, if you look at it, you have Jimmy Butler go to the Timberwolves and give them Wiggins, Butler, Towns. It's kind of a mini super team right there. I mean, Harden, Paul, there's two superstars. I mean, Westbrook, nah, I don't really consider Mello, but mm-hmm. Paul George, like everybody needs it. I mean, it kind of hurt more though when Kevin Durant left because I felt like when they acquired Oladipo that they really could have made that big finals run and made that big run to the next level. But I mean, I can see what you're saying that it's not as good for us as fans watching it, but I feel like that us as fans need to take more of a th- like a think think about it more as what's best for the player. And I feel like Kevin Durant really did what's best for himself. And I think we'll see him move on and try to get that win. I think he's going to go back to Washington at some point and try mm-hmm. to get it for his hometown. Yeah, I just think yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you said. But at the same time, why not why not bring some talent to Cleveland? You know, he had he had Kyrie there. 
a couple years or not a couple years ago last year and you know I know that you know they didn't have a great series against the Warriors last year but you know try to try to make something interesting happen in Cleveland you know trade up that eighth spot and try to go get Kimba I don't know that that could help you know a little bit instead of having Hood running the or not Hood but uh, Hill running the point guard excuse me um, I just think you know you can bring some talent to him I don't think you always have to leave you know just to you know better your like your own playing and for your own satisfaction you know what I'm saying and I just really think that him staying in Cleveland kind of proves to everybody that he is like he, he is the goat and he will be the goat I mean the talks about are the debates about him and compared to Kobe or not really Kobe so much but MJ I mean both those guys stayed in their respective towns for their whole career I mean Kobe was in LA for was it 19 or 20 years and MJ yeah. was pretty much you know in Chicago all those years so I just really like how the NBA used to be with, you know, let's not, let's go out and beat these guys. Let's not go join someone else to win. Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, I agree that he should stay there if they bring in the right pieces for him to be able to win games and stuff. I mean, they really did bring players in for Kobe. Like they brought in Pau Gasol. They brought in Shaq. I mean, they kept rotating players in and out, Meta World Peace, Ariza. I mean, they kept bringing guys in for Kobe to win with, which I agree with you there if they can bring players in. I mean, Jordan luckily was able to keep his nucleus together most Mm -hmm. of the time he was there. I mean, they added Dennis Rodman, but I mean, it was really Jordan Pippen always running the show so I mean I agree with you on that if if they can bring in the players for him I would stay put if I'm LeBron obviously which I don't have a problem with but I mean if he goes other places it's definitely going to be interesting I mean I don't think he should go to LA personally I have on my number one of where he should go is the Spurs I mean I think that there's there's obviously lots of issues for the Spurs to make the money work and lots of moves they're going to have to make they'll have to renounce a lot of free agents and stuff but basically they would have to opt out Danny Green but I think they need to get him back because of the kind of three and D player he is, but I really feel a starting lineup that has Danny Green, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, and LaMarcus Aldridge would be really good. I mean, you throw in there Greg Popovich, who I think is a top five coach of all time, and I mean, I think him, Brad Stevens, and uh, Kerr are the three best coaches in the league, so I mean, you throw two basketball minds together like Pop and LeBron, I really feel like that Pop and LeBron can have something up for their sleeve for him. I mean, we people forget that Greg Popovich, I mean, he almost beat this. He had the Warriors down at home by 20 points at halftime until Zaza got underneath Kawhi Leonard's foot and made him roll his ankle that changed the entire outlook of the series and I mean he even played him close in a lot of those games even though they couldn't quite pull him out but I mean he played the Spurs as close as you can missing a player who was a top five player in the NBA that season I also feel like Kawhi is not a guy who likes to be in his head spotlight so LeBron would take a lot of that spotlight and Kawhi I think would be a really good number two option with a superstar mm-hmm. and on top of that I mean LaMarcus Aldridge if they can play their style of basketball and keep Aldridge in the game and that would hurt the Warriors a lot because I think the Warriors are a lot better with Iguodala on the floor as opposed to JaVale McGee or one of those guys so I really feel like making them move out of that Hamptons 5 lineup or have another lineup is a good way to beat them um, I just feel like he'd be a great fit in there for San Antonio I mean what do you think about him in San Antonio so yeah I do I do think LeBron would be a great fit in San Antonio like you said playing for Pop he's one of the best coaches in the NBA at the moment right now and you know having Kawhi as a solid two I mean that's a, about as solid as a two player you can get from somebody you know compared to Kevin Love I think Kawhi would be way better in that situation with LeBron and you know having having guys role players like Danny Green Aldridge and you know just guys coming off the bench still I think they would have a successful uh, time in, in San Antonio and I think they could put up a fight against the uh, the Warriors but you know like I was saying he you know I, as a fan I would like to see him stay in Cleveland but you know he doesn't really care about you know like what fans think he's going to do what's best for him and you know and I do think what's best for him is 
for himself is to go into a better situation if he can't add players like in Cleveland, like we were saying. But San Antonio is a great spot for sure. And I would also, you know, enjoy seeing him play in Philly with, you know, that young group, you know, they, they have they showed some interesting like stuff this this last year. You know, they had a pretty successful overall regular season. I think they were the, the they were the three seed, right? Yeah. And um you know, they kinda, you know, had a hiccup against the Celtics, but you had someone like LeBron. I mean, LeBron with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you know, uh, the other role players. Covington. Yeah, Covington, Sarge, the the other role players they have, you know, I think that could be a, a disaster for people on the other side of the East, especially with the Celtics, you know, because we know the Celtics are going to be, you know, fantastic next year if Kyrie and Gordon Hayward can come back and stay healthy. So I think that would be interesting to see a little fight in the East with Philly and Boston. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. I feel like LeBron Ron, I think his I have the Rockets as his second best move, which I'll get to in a second. But with Philly, if you think about it, you got a guy in Covington who just made first team all defense. He's big and long. I mean, on top of that, you got Embiid and LeBron who can move with any guard in the league. And Simmons, is, or I mean, I mean Embiid is the anchor, and then Simmons and LeBron who can move with any guard mm-hmm. in the league. I mean, that defensively, I mean, you would be locking teams up. Yeah, Simmons can't shoot, but he can pass the ball and move well off ball. I really feel like that. Plus, with the way teams would be playing with LeBron, I think LeBron would let Simmons honestly be the ball handler and try to shoot and move without the ball more I think he'd be a really good fit there and I think this team could do lots of good stuff I mean Philly realistically kind of blew that series against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. They just had bad turnovers at key times and a lot of bad mistakes at key times in that series. So, I mean, I really think that LeBron on the Philly gives it gives them a good chance of winning. You also got to look at both conferences. You have dynasties basically forming with the Celtics or probably forming that new dynasty here soon. And then you have the Warriors. So, I mean, you're going to have to go through a really tough team on either side. So, to say you should stay in one conference or the other, I mean, either way, he's going to have a tough team to go for. I really like the move of LeBron to Houston. And, I mean, y'all know I love I love James Harden, but I just think that he fits well there because like Chris Broussard was saying that he thinks that LeBron or his sources are telling me Broussard, I think, has the best sources of anybody when it comes to the NBA, him and Woj. And he says that LeBron wants to move more off ball, like I was saying, and extend his career and stuff. I feel like that it would be it. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that has to go into it. They have to move Ryan Anderson. I mean, I don't know if they'd be able to pay Capella. LeBron could also have to opt in and then get traded like what happened with Chris Paul and Houston give stuff up. And so Houston could still keep Capella, too. I mean, there's lots of weird, funky ways could happen I've heard of DeAndre Jordan going there I mean tons of stuff could happen but I mean as long as you have Capella or Jordan along with even without them I mean your starting lineup is probably going to be LeBron Harden CP3 uh, PJ Tucker and then whoever the other one is I mean Ryan Anderson's making a lot of money so he's going to have to get moved but I mean DeAndre Jordan or one I mean any players you throw in there with LeBron I feel like it's going to be a, just an amazing matchup right there in Houston I think they could give I mean we saw them almost give uh, Golden State a run for the money it's kind of what Golden State did we almost beat the Cavs when they had Kyrie and then we add Kevin Durant it's kind of like the Rockets we almost beat them when that we had when we have Harden Paul now we had LeBron so they're basically adding the next the best player they can yeah, just like with Yeah, exactly. Literally like what the Warriors did. The same thing with the Rockets. Mm -hmm. I mean, that... That's crazy right there. Yeah, I know. It's crazy how that is going to like kind of relapse over. We're going to see it with LeBron. If, if LeBron did do that, it would be kind of the same thing as KD doing that. But I do think Houston would be a good spot for LeBron, too, especially if he is trying to, you know, become more of a spot-up shooter and, you know, just do the things, you know, to prolong his career. And I think that would be good for him at the Rockets, too. But like I said, I'm going to stick with, you know, him as a fan and as a, you know, NBA just watching the NBA a lot over the last, you know, my last 20 years of being on the earth, you know, I would really like to see LeBron stay in Cleveland and, you know, 
I would cheer for him and hope that he could get a ring in Cleveland and just, you know, get some help over there with him, you know. Yeah. Getting Kimba Walker over there, if they tra- like we were saying, if they trade up that eighth spot in the draft and they got Kimba, you know, at least he add, adds a little more something. They could probably add some other guys, small guys here and there for uh, for a uh, free agency. But, yeah, I would really like to see LeBron stay in Cleveland. Yeah, no, I mean, I like you said, if they can add the pieces, by all means, stay put LeBron. But I personally would like to see him. And, I mean, I, where I want to see him is obviously Houston. I mean, I think that I just love how they have the two contradicting mm-hmm. styles of basketball between Houston and Golden State. Golden State's move the ball like you're supposed to, pass mm-hmm. a lot and stuff. Houston's all about just 3D and isolation basketball. So, I mean, I feel like that's a good good spot for him. And then, obviously, though, I think the best fit for him is with the Spurs. I just feel like him and Pop's basketball minds, along with Leonard, I mean, just everything going that's gone on in San Antonio and with the culture down there, I feel like that's his best move. But, Kobe, I appreciate having you on once again. Of course, anytime. It was pleasure. Yeah, we'll have tons more coming for y'all this week. We're going to start hammering NBA free agency. Obviously, we just had to open today with just LeBron. It's kind of a long topic where LeBron's going to go. But lots of stuff coming up for y'all here with the draft and free agency going. So stay tuned in. I got him on the end of the rice. The home of the ran with the dice. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fin that's in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got a wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking off cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the paps. Keep an army bitch in my lap.